Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Saladcast. Myself, Ollie, and Glyn, as always. Hi, Glyn, how are you doing? I'm okay, Ollie. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it, for us, Shrewsbury Town? I think uh, compared to where we were this time last Sunday, Ollie, it's, it's certainly more positive on the points front, so we can't we can't sniff at that, can we? And um, yeah, it's been a good week. I, I think, Ollie, one thing I've been meaning to tell you all week is uh, you say this is episode 11 of the podcast this season, but do you know how many it is uh, for us in total so far? No, go on, Glenn. You love the stats. I'm sure you can tell me. I do. I looked it up this week. We're at 99, Ollie. 99. That's quite a unique number. We're almost ready to hold up the bat and celebrate that century. So, um, so that's a so considering we do on an average of eleven, oh, sorry, eleven, an average of an hour an episode. So that means yeah. nearly there's over nearly a hundred hours of listening pleasure for just people listening to me and you. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure in inverted commas. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's good, and it's probably you know we've we've got a lot to talk about now. We shouldn't labour the point, but um, yeah, getting to a hundred is quite a milestone for us, isn't it? So it should be should be good. And I'm, I'm hoping to release maybe something in the week, Ollie, and I'm going to send it across to you to have a listen to, which is sort of a, a best of the podcast so far so um yeah I won't, short, prom- I, I won't promise that yet but yeah it's something we're working on to celebrate 100 so um yeah it's been good but yeah back back to the football ollie uh four points in the bank this week yeah so four points in the bag we've got two games to cover so we've got Walsall away um, and Stanley at home um to cover um and um for um for the home game um I went in say standing for the first time yes, so that was very did. interesting and also my first experience in the south stand so yeah when we come on to the game we'll cover that so yeah planning to go through and um, yeah, let's go. Steve Redmond, City's captain it is, who gifts the first goal. A dreadful pass, coolly finished by 17-year-old Carl Griffiths. So the first game this week was the M54 derby, which Walsall don't consider to be a derby. They, they don't really think, consider us rivals in a, in a local sense, which is, I suppose, fair enough considering how many other teams they've got around us. But it's, it's probably our biggest derby at the moment, Ollie. What do you reckon? Because, you know, Vale have gone now. We've, we've only really got them at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, we struggled for uh, rivals um, in kind of our lifetime. Um, we obviously had Wrexham a little bit. I've been there once away. Yeah. Um, and then we had Hereford and Vale. Um, but we've really struggled, haven't we, for a proper rival. Um, if Telford were obviously a decent club, um, then obviously they would have a rival there. But <laughs> yeah, anyone that's more than, like, obviously Ipswich and Norwich is an exception, but anyone who's more than like, yeah, 20 miles away, it's hard to get that rivalry going, isn't it? Because it's the, it's the guys in the factory. So yeah, it's the, so one of my biscuit suppliers based in Gateshead. And they say when Newcastle plays Sunderland, it's mayhem on the shot floor. And that's where it yeah. kind of comes from, doesn't it? It's got to, you've got to have those people having that close connection. Yeah, the, the banter and the rivalry, isn't exactly. it? It doesn't quite work with Walsall. You, you do tend to get it with other clubs, don't you? I mean, just off on a tangent before we get into details of this game. So, do you, like me then, you consider, you know, you still consider Wrexham to be our main rival, our lo- main local rivals? Yeah, I think I probably would. Um, Hereford obviously was fleeting because they came yeah. in and they went off. Um, Vale's just too far away. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of Wrexham, isn't it, for that kind of also English English Welsh kind of rivalry. And but yeah, struggle for, struggle for a proper rivalry. Obviously, we Chester not really. So yeah, I don't know. Would you say the same? I would. That's what I said at the start of that, isn't it? I think it depends what generation you grow up in. You know, there's probably some kids that have grown up in more recent generations where you know we've had those games over the years with Port Vale, and it hasn't been too far. And there has been good atmospheres at both those games where they might consider Port Vale to be our, our main rivals. But for me, yeah, it's, it's got to be Wrexham, and I think traditionally it always was, wasn't it, in the generations before us? But um, we're not we're not with that team starting with W in Wales. We're that with a team starting with W in the West Midlands. So yeah, Walsall. Um, Nil-nil, which, you know, signs of progress, I suppose. So, yeah, this was on Tuesday, 2nd of October, um, at the Banks' Stadium, attendance of 4,555, and I believe we took 850, which was pretty cracking, considering the form we'd been in, and Tuesday night, local games, it always knocks a bit off the attendance. Yeah, I was quite impressed with that actually, and um, we even had Brian and Roland sitting with us in the in the stand, which was quite interesting. Um, uh, we won't talk about the reasons why because there's all sorts of rumours that fly around on this. But um, who are we to talk about rumours on at the moment? But um, yeah, I went. You didn't go, did you? you? Watched it on iFollow, I think. Yeah, I was driving to London very early the next day, um, so yeah, I, I got comfy at home, watched it on iFollow, which yep, worked and fine. I- I was there and it was absolutely chucking it down for most of the pre-game and first half as well and then it was one of those depressing moments where I could sort of see the seasons turning in in football because I was in a queue of about I don't know 110 people waiting to get into the stadium and it was just ratcheting it down and and just getting absolutely soaked I thought yep we're into the winter months now so here comes the football but um, yeah uh, team selection was the most interesting I think when we got in there and saw who was playing so um, yeah it was a case of formations trying to figure out what the heck we were doing Ollie so what what was your making of it when you saw who was actually playing how did you think we'd line up yeah, for me, um, we lay, and we lined up um, four two three one, 
Um, so we had um, Coleman, Emmanuel, Waterfall, Sadler and Beckles in defence. Um, Grant and Norburn as the two central midfielders. With Gilead on the right, Worley playing as a number 10 and Angle on the left and Holloway yep. up front. Um, so BBC Shropshire was saying that they were playing 4-4-2. Yeah, um, and when I tweeted them, um, Mark did um, acknowledge that and said, yeah, he was struggling, I think, because the angle that they were sitting at, it's really hard to see. And Angle was moving around a little bit. For me, That I put Angle playing on the left wing because he was defending when he was trapped yeah. back in. So when he was going forward, it was pretty hard to know where anyone was playing because everyone was running all over the place. Um, and there, w- there wasn't a lot of structure, which can be a positive. Um, but for me, it was definitely a, a 4-2-3-1 with Angle on the left wing. So I don't know what your thought was on that. Were you surprised? Did you expect yeah. to see them up front? I mean, when they saw the team, it did also scream that they could have been playing 4-4-2 by the personnel that were out. But it was pretty clear from four, sort of three or four minutes in that Angle was staying out left and one wasn't, you know, up there with Holloway. And, and, and it, Wally was, you know, more central than he's been for a long time. And then it ended up when we sort of saw out develop that he was playing more that number 10 role, which apparently is his favourite position. <laughs> I all this week which is interesting isn't it because I would say way more effective as a winger than he is as a number 10 so we'll have to see how that develops and whether Askey thinks he's going to keep him in there obviously didn't play that game, play there on Saturday for the next game so we'll have to see but um, yeah I, I don't know it, it needed a change didn't it after what we talked about the last the last games and, and not getting that win again so I was quite happy to see him sort of mix it up a little bit and you know Wally being in there and, and you know seeing how it goes I wasn't overly happy to see Angle playing out there again because I think it takes, takes him out of the game a little bit and I think that proved to be the case during this game but yeah, it was having a go. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't really, you know, turn your nose up at it. It was a slightly, it was a more attacking formation. Than I thought we might play. In all honesty. Yeah, no, I think I think it's interesting playing different formations. Wally playing as that kind of central winger, kind of Bale esque at Spurs in the latter days <laughs> was interesting concept. But you have got to play real counter counter attacking football, and I don't think we're really good enough at pressing to play counter attacking football. So it's an interesting one. But I think you know we, we've been quite quick to kind of criticise Aski at times. Um, I think I think it's good to try things. Didn't yep. quite where we got a point away from home, so you could say it did work. Um, but yeah, I, I think I don't think we're gonna. I'm not going to begrudge the manager trying something out because if it, you know, it could have worked really well. And you know, the, the players that it's not, it's not, it wasn't an alien concept. So no, I think that was all right, to, all right to start. I think that's a fair thing to say. You know, when you take the take the week in in, in a whole, um, when we just look, take a stand stand back about Askey. You know, he wasn't afraid to try two different tactics this week, um, appropriate for whatever game we were in, and he got four points out of it. So you know, we were pretty negative about what had been going on over the last few weeks. But you know, when you take that step back and look at it, he probably played his hand quite correctly in terms of formations this week I still don't think Angle should be out there and I think the point was proved again on Saturday when he played much better yeah. in, in a forward role so I think we might have seen the last of that hopefully yeah you, might, you never know um, and I think you know there's definitely something for about changing formation for kind of the opposition you know you've got to have your own strengths and have your own core identity but sometimes no harm matching up or going for a formation which you know is going to um, yeah kind of counteract the opposition um, so yeah, we um, so the game actually started quite well for Shrewsbury. I thought um, thought we probably actually were the better team in the first fifteen minutes with quite a few decent efforts. I, I would agree with that. I think first fifteen we shaded it. The the second half, uh, second half of the well, the second half an hour of the first half, it was definitely mostly Warsaw, and then they started to get to grips with us a bit more. But um, yeah, we, we started off quite well. I thought, and the, the crowd were really boisterous. I thought, yeah, you could hear the could, t- could hear the crowd um, on I follow Shropshire Radio very well. It was good to was, hear the sound. It fans. was fantastic, and uh, I should just say, I spent uh, the game standing by a plumber who's been on the podcast before. Okay, cool. So I had a, had a good sort of uh, someone to bounce off what was going on on, and um, you know, we started off the game with our negative thoughts about Waterfall because he'd been pretty shocking in the last few games, um, and we'll come to the performance later on. He, him and Sadler were pretty solid in the game. So um, it does show you, doesn't it, from week to week these things change. But um, yeah, started her off. I say there was a Wally effort, which was, was forced a good save. Um, I thought the, the thing we did quite well in the early phases is we we pressed the, the wingers of Warsaw quite well. Um, and they, they were giving the ball away a little bit more than they did for the rest of the game when they started to find more space. So... I think that kind of helped us build that platform for that first 15 minutes. But as the game went on, the, the, the sort of formations maybe slightly tinkered a little bit for Warsaw. And, and it tended to be that their, their wingers, who were really effective in the game, found a little bit more space and we found it more difficult. But we couldn't question how our lads played. They fought really hard um, in that first 15 minutes spell. And, and going on from there, they, they had commitment, they had drive. You know, there wasn't anyone turning around to say, oh, they're not playing for the manager. It was a very committed performance, Ollie. Yeah, no, I thought we, we started well and... Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was quite a committed performance throughout. Um, a bit confusing at times. Um, yep, yep. But um, but yeah, definitely. So we had a few good um, in the that kind of period. We had a few decent efforts, didn't we? So we had a Wally had a good effort and some good um, low um, glow save from the keeper. 
Um, Walsall had a good free kick, and that was a good save by Coleman. Yeah, um, it yeah, it was a good save that was. And then there was one where he where he came. I think it might have been that free kick actually, or it was another shot where he spammed it back to. Um, yeah, it might be the next chance you've got on the agenda actually, where they had a sort of chance in the six-yard box. But I think that came from him saving a really hard shot that sort of he sort of went to pound it out, but it just unfortunately fell to one of the Walsall lads, and he he made a he made a big miss. To be fair, and I think it was it was Ginelli. He, he missed quite a few chances. Yeah, Ginelli missed the. Ch- yeah, Ginelli had that chance um, where it was blocked, and then and then there was a random kind of diving block. Sh- dive from Beckles which was really random and then the ball kind of didn't go in so there's a few quite close moments like that but um, yeah definitely it was there was quite a bit of action I'd say our efforts were generally the, uh, from outside the box yes, and their were. efforts were generally their efforts were inside the box um, with some good saves um, by the keepers and I'd say probably the keepers probably dominated these games actually um, it was actually yeah. you know, both goalkeepers yeah. had quite a big part to play in, in the end score yeah, particularly their their goalkeeper who played really well. To be fair, um, he kept he kept a minute. So our best chances really, he did well to save them. And and Coleman probably had a little bit more to do, I'd suggest. But um, they you know also when you take a look at the game overall, we'll, we'll curse their finishing. To be honest with you, because you know deep down when it, when as the game went on, they probably should have won it in all honesty. But I mean, yeah, there, there were chances. I say Norman had it. He's just mentioned it. Norman had that long shot. Um, and then we, yeah, it was a whole, quite a few bits and pieces in the game. You know, nothing nothing that ever screamed to me that it was a clear-cut chance we should have scored from but we were down the other end so she's were attacking the, the end away from us in the first half so pretty difficult to tell and I've only watched the YouTube highlights back but in general you know the, the, as I say that was how the game the first half really went in, in my view we, we played well 15 minutes and then we, we kind of got found out a little bit and Walsall started to dominate and to be honest with you when we got in nil at half time I was actually thinking we've done okay there we, we probably we, we could have gone in one nil down at half time if they'd have been better at finishing yeah, it was interesting on the views um, on Twitter and stuff that I think the town fans, obviously, the shots from the other end of the pitch in the first half, I thought I got a bit of criticism for being a bit negative, but I guess mm. maybe I just had a better view and the shots that we had were all from long range. Um, it's obviously quite it's quite a low, you know, you're quite often quite low at Warsaw as well, so it's quite hard to see how good the efforts really were. Um, but yeah, I'd stand by the kind of the, the kind of summary that they had their better chances inside the box and yeah, rude rue their missed chances. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, we 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 missed the chances when they did come, the better chances. So that the whole theme of missing chances, and in particularly when we had our better spells, like the first fifteen minutes of the first half and and bits of the second half as well. You know, we still weren't clinical enough really when it counted, Ollie. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I'd agree mm. with that, Glenn. Um, and then the second half, I, I, I would say, I'd say, I'd say, Warsaw shaded this half as well um, in terms of chances. Um, There's a really good save by Coleman, and then a super block by Sadler. Absolutely amazing. The Coleman would never would have saved it because he was on the ground. Um, a really good block from Sadler, which kept us in the game. Yeah, I agree, Ollie. And and um, Sad, Sadler played really well, I thought. And and as I say, I just mentioned it waterfall as well. He was he was they were both outstanding actually. And I said to Aid actually halfway through the game that this is the sort of game that waterfall will do well in. Yeah. They they were putting lots of balls into the boxes, and he was just being required to head it clear or kick it clear. And that is 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 game really. And they did try to run him a few times, but he was quite well shielded by Grant. To be honest with you, in in, in the way the game f- sort of fell, so it, he didn't expose himself to pace too much in the game. Um, I'd, su- I'd suspect that Emmanuel and Beckles had more of a problem with their pace because they were very direct down the wings um so yeah that, that was it but as i say as the game went on i i just looking back at my twitter account now talking about some of the things i noted going back to coleman his kicking was atrocious yeah uh, there's a couple of times it went completely out of play uh, mark elliott actually was talking about it quite a bit in this in during the game yeah is is it was probably the worst i've yeah probably the worst i've seen him kick so far this season and um that wasn't particularly helpful so that kind of got a, a few town fans a bit aggrieved around where we were um but in general, we, we stood t- tall. And I suppose one, one of the funniest things that happened, I've ever seen happen on a football pitch, Ollie, was um, the Grant drop ball situation. And uh, you weren't there, but you probably saw it on iPod. I, I, honestly, people were in tears around me. It was <laughs> People couldn't believe what they'd just seen. It was so, a, yeah, so a, a for a those rep. who weren't there, what happened? <laughs> Run through it. So well, it was, I think you've jumped, to, you've jumped to the highlight of the half, Glenn. Not quite in I time. I wanted to get to it. But, I'm getting you're very just excited. Too, you're just too excited to get to it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was the best thing that happened in the whole game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's harsh because the guy got injured and he's missing two games with concussion, apparently. But basically, there was a drop ball. Uh, Grant went up to sort of smash it over to the keeper, but he sort of wanted to, you know, sort of shape it around. And as he looks to shape it around, it just 
from probably seven, eight yards. Um, it just catches uh, the, I think it was Osborne, the central midfielder for Walsall, right in the face. And he falls like he, just, he should have been shot by a sniper. I believe he got knocked out. Um, and they were on straight away. And it was a real long delay because of that, about, of about five minutes. Um, and eventually he went off, off off on a stretcher. And I don't, I'm not having the Walsall fans saying he did that on purpose because I don't think there's a shoot-down player we've ever had that's been that accurate, to be honest with you, with their shooting. So it was a bit unfortunate. And yeah, you you, you know, you hope he's not he's not got any long-term damage. Right? It sounds like he just got concussion. But... It was just so. I, I've never seen anything like that happen ever with a drop ball. It was it was so comical. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unfortunate for that. Yeah, I think he was okay after the game. They said he was okay, but yeah, um, concussion protocol means that he's having to stay a few games out. And yeah, there's obviously that then kind of created a lot of um, let's call it banter um, yeah. going around on the um, on the internet. Yeah, it is, and and yeah, I don't think Warsaw fans. I mean, having had the sort of hex over us for a long time, um, I was about to say gypsy curse, but that's a bit bit too harsh, isn't it? Um, yeah, they've sort of had the the number on us for a long time. We're now four league games in a row where they haven't beaten us, which is compared to the record previously for thirteen years where we hadn't beaten them since nineteen ninety three at their place. We still haven't, but you know, for us to have slightly turned the corner with our form against Warsaw was quite pleasing. So I think maybe they're getting a little bit agitated that they can't find a way to win against us anymore, which is lovely. I'm quite happy with that, to be honest with you, Ollie. But um, that was my highlight of the half there were some other things that happened but go on yeah you can run through them so yeah there was a few chances probably the best chance was really is where Wally had a super run uh, yes got to angle then a shot by Norburn and Sazen comes to angle and then he shoots shot and then it was a great um, shot was then blocked by the keeper and it was, that was a really really great chance um, and then there wasn't really too much else then there was a deep cross um, saved by Coleman at his feet from Warsaw um, but yeah, this is the kind of like the summer I had was like, yeah, a frustrating game. I think we were lucky not to concede, but also unlucky not to score. Um, it was a weird night of football on a slippy pitch. Um, draw probably fair. And it's a sixth draw out of 11, um, which is which is obviously a bit concerning that we can draw in so many games. Uh, but at least we're not losing them, I guess. But I would say if, if it was a boxing match, I think Warsaw would have won on points. Yeah, I, I think that's almost. I think I could almost agree with that. I think having been there on the night, it felt a little bit like we got away with it because as the game developed, particularly as it as the closing period came in, where they really pushed us, and I, and I, I genuinely thought they'd. There's not one Warsaw player would have walked off that pitch thinking, "I can't believe we haven't scored tonight." Um, and I agree, they, we had chances, but Warsaw felt like they had a lot more. Um, and when we had our best spell of possession in the second half, I, I you know, I, I remember thinking we've had a really good spell of possession here, and we didn't create a single chance of note during that segment as well so there's clearly still those undertones of the issues that this team has in terms of being clinical or actually creating too many chances when we're on top um but in, in general, yeah, I think I think that's a fair summary. What The other thing I've just remembered that happened in the first half, I forgot to mention, which was really good and will bring me on to my top three in a minute, was Grant saved a certain goal at one point where um, Coleman had missed it and they had a chance and Grant slid across on the goal line basically and cleared it out. So uh, he was exceptional. I think in terms of, of the players, I'll come to a sort of more overall view when we get to the top three. But yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I think that it was a probably a fair result, but I think if any team was, was pushing for the winner at the end, it was Walsall, but Askey would have been more than happy to come away with a point there. Yeah, no, I think a point away from home uh, against Warsaw where we never get a result, though I don't always agree with that. But yeah, you know, it's a new game, it's a new day kind of thing. Um, yeah, so what was your kind of overview, overall view of Warsaw, Glenn? They they looked good and pacey, um, and I can see why they've started the season well, but... Um, They've got. I suspect they've got a similar sort of team to us, to be honest with you, because they look ropeyish at times with their centre back pairings. So you know, you maybe consider that that's probably one of our weaknesses. But I certainly think that the three attacking players they had um, were definitely above what we've got at the moment. That might be a little bit harsh, but. You know, I come to. They gave man of the match, and, and we always talk about what Walsall looked at, and then who I thought their best player was. They gave their best. They gave their man of the match to Josh Ginelli. Um, I was obviously ex Shrewsbury Town, so I think there was a little bit of a, you know, a sort of um, a bit of a message there by them them giving him the man of the match. But no way was he Walsall's best player. Number ten for Walsall. Um, I think his name's Ishmael. Yeah, Ishmael. He was, yeah, oh, he was absolute class. He was. Yeah, he's he's obviously been around the lower leagues for a while. Yeah, he? he's a good player. Yeah. I actually went for their, um, I actually went for Roberts, their goalkeeper, as their man of the he match. Did well as well. He made some yeah. really good saves as well. So, yeah, um, interesting to kind of get a bit of perspective on Warsaw. Yeah, we'll give them the perspective. My, my perspective is they didn't look like the sort of team that are going to fall away too far, no. to be honest with you. And and if if we're going to achieve anything this season, that's the sort of way we need to be playing and, and the sort of teams we need to start to get catching. So, um, you know, it gives us something to aim for. It gives us a sort of a target, more realistic target of the the way we should be playing. Um, but yeah, I'd like to think we'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season if, if Askey could turn it around and get the results going in the right way. 
Cool, cool. So, who did you go for in your top three, Glenn? Oh, the main man. I'm starting to starting to enjoy enjoy watching this guy play as much as I used to uh, with old um, Abu Agogo last season. But yeah, Anthony Grant again is exceptional in that deep lying defensive midfield role. His cover, um, his passing is 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 good. And when he does get forward, he drives us on. Um, as I say that block sliding challenge for for saving a certain goal in the first half was absolutely exceptional. Obviously, I'm not just giving it in because he knocked out a Warsaw player with a ball, but all in all, he's just a good bloke. And I noticed, actually, you know, we're still in that development phase, aren't we, with the new players, whereby yeah. Wally's got his chant, um, some of the players from last season have got their chance, but none of the new lads have really got a chant yet. Do you know what I mean? Well, Anthony Grant was the first of the new lads that I've noticed to really get a Gilead's chant. Gilead's got be... a chant, but it's terrible. <sighs> I've not heard that so It's far, just basically so... his name's Gilead or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really poor. Yeah, I'd I say I was there on Saturday and Tuesday, I didn't hear that. But the Grant one went really well. Um, and I think it was just a simple chant. I think it was just his name as well. But it was noticeable at that game that he's obviously starting to become a bit of a fan's favourite. I mean, me and Aid were having a big chat about that. And I think that, you know, with the new boys, he's maybe now the one that's come in that's impressed the most out of all of Molly. Do you think that's probably fair to say? Yeah, I think he's he's settled down well. I guess that's, that's his experience and his age coming through. But yeah, I think he's been pretty solid, isn't he? And he's he's almost he's he's one of those players, isn't he? Is that kind of Machiavelli yeah. kind of Kante role? But he's more noticeable when he's not there than when he is yeah. there. Yeah, I think that's fair. So yeah, that was it. And then I went for Angle second. We haven't mentioned him, and he, he didn't score unfortunately. But his work rate was top notch, and he, he kept working even in that unfamiliar position that he found himself in. Um, and I think it's encouraging to see him playing that well in the position that clearly isn't one of his favoured positions. Do you know what I mean? Because he is out there trying to work himself into a game in a, in a way that he maybe hasn't done too many times before. So I thought he had he had a good game, and I, and I gave Beckles the next one. It was interesting in, in attacking positions again. He was really good going forward, Ollie. Um, there was a couple of moments where I wish he actually had a shot rather than crossing at certain points. But um, yeah, defense. Defensively, he looked solid. Obviously, um, we kept a clean sheet, and I thought that in a more attacking position, he offered quite a lot as well. So, those are my top three, Ollie. Yeah, I went for Grant first, um, as we yep. described. Um, Sadler, fair. because I thought he had quite a good game, and just some of his blocks and stuff, and the positioning was fantastic. And I went for Coleman third, because I think, yeah, just for his saves, he'd be played well. Yeah, I think all in all, I mean, if you look at the team that started, Coleman, other than his kicking, did did well enough. He made the saves we need to make them. Emmanuel was good, pretty similar to Beckles going forward as well. You know, I just mentioned Waterfall and Sadler had a pro- probably their most solid centre-back pairing and, and they seem to be consistently keeping clean sheets now, which is positive. I say, I've just mentioned Beckles, Grant. In Auburn, maybe had a, probably the quieter game of the, of the two of the central midfielders and, and maybe didn't stand out as much. Um, Gilead, I have to say, Gilead was probably the least impressive of me in this game um, and he was obviously hauled off early on. Uh, he was thinking he was the first substitute Ollie and he just did, did again didn't offer enough in that game wasn't wasn't contributing as much as he could have done and um, was pretty well shackled by his left back uh, Wally in the 10 roll I'm not sure I want to keep seeing that as an no. angle I mentioned and Holloway <sighs> worked hard Still not convinced he's a, he's a player that gets you in, a, in the top. He scores enough goals to put you in the top half of the table at the end of the season. And he works hard, but he's still not fit. You know, he couldn't last the whole game again. He was knackered and wanted to get subbed near the end. So he's got to get fit because if he's not fit to last ninety minutes, well, he's, he's played quite a few games now, isn't he? Yeah, it's, and it's he's always good. getting hauled off. No. And then obviously he got injured and wasn't on the bench for the next game. So I think that was my summary of the ones that played. Obviously the shot came on at the end, but he just kept running to the corners to hold the ball. So that was about all he did. And uh, yeah, that was that was it really of, of the players for me. So point on the road, um, Tuesday night. Um, and yeah, I guess we just get the tension then went straight ahead to um, to Saturday. Yeah, I say we could run over Asky's comments, but they were pretty. Dr- yeah, he was dry. just they were dull and dry. I wouldn't yeah. really go over it too much. The, the funniest thing about all the post-match interviews at Walsall, Ollie, was that um, Matt Sadler came out and said that he he, he was ashamed that we didn't get to score because he'd like to have seen a flare again. And I was, I bet Shrewsbury Town's uh, sort of <laughs> sort of FA com- ethics committee people must have been thinking, oh, don't say that, Matt. We're supposed to you know be against flares at the football, but um, at least it shows he likes it as well. So if it encourages more flares down the meadow, we might get in a bit of trouble, mightn't he? But um, there we go. So that was that was the <laughs> most interesting. I read after the game but uh, yeah then we were on to Accrington so the draw and the, and the previous results we talked about in the last podcast Ollie definitely made Ac- definitely made Accrington feel like a not to lose game didn't it yeah definitely I think it yeah. was uh, the pressure was on um, and I wouldn't I'd would go even further I think we needed to try and win we needed to try yeah. and turn a corner I didn't think it was quite must-win yet. I, I, I think the draws had sort of staved that away from the door, really. But it would de- definitely, sh- you know, if we'd have lost at home for Accrington, um, I think the, the, the stuff would have hit the fan, really. But, yeah, we did win, Ollie. 1-0 um, with a goal from Alex Gilliard on 62. But it was quite an interesting game, and it didn't go the way that we thought it might um, because 
the goalkeeper, Mr. Ripley, got sent off after 16 minutes. So, um, yeah, it definitely was uh, a, an interesting game to summarise with the early red card and what we've actually learned about the team. But I think we'll come to that at the end, Ollie. So, um, so obviously this result um, was good, three points. Uh, second win in the season um, and our fifth clean sheet of the season. Yeah. Um, attendance is down again. Um, so, OK, they didn't bring many fans. They only brought 240, but the attendance was 5,353, which is not good. No. Um, and just to kind of put in context, Stanley were fifth going into um, into the game. So obviously they'd had a good start to the season. Yeah, and you could see why couldn't you as the game started, but um, they they were quite smart. But yeah, the, the crowd I think is one of those things where um, I don't know. I think everyone talks about the run and how it's going and the fact we got no points, but that does it does eventually when you're on a poor run translate to how many people actually bother coming through the door. Um, and I think that you know that we've got these attendances down at around five thousand two hundred four hundred again does show that people are not overly impressed with what's going on. But yeah, results like this will so hopefully bring them back a bit, won't they? It will. It will, hopefully, and some good yeah. Obviously you need you need obviously the fans to be yeah, talking talk about the results positively and the performances yeah. as well. Um, yeah, we can hopefully do that now. I would just also say it was the Shrewsbury Beer Festival at the weekend, you know, the Oktoberfest. So yeah. you know knowing Shrewsbury Town fans, a lot of them went down there to get get on the real ale. So maybe we'll give them a get give, give give town fans the benefit of the doubt that yeah, want they could just miss one game for a bit of a booze up. But um yeah, there you go. So you just said second win of the season, that's one of the stats that's it's re- reasonably good. Um so, yeah, what did you make of the team selection? Because, again, it was very different from Walsall. Well, very different. It was slightly different from Walsall, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So we're back to the kind of um, standard of the last two seasons, the kind of the 4-3-3 or 4-1-4-1, yep. however you want to describe it, um, with Emmanuel Waterfall, Sadler, Beckles, back four, Coleman in goal, Grant sitting. Laurent came in, which was a bit of a surprise. I don't think yeah. that too many people expected that. And Norburn kept his place, so Doherty wasn't starting. Um, Worley back on the right wing, Gilead back on the left wing, and um, the main man, Angle, up front. Mm, yeah, I think it was probably what I expected, to be honest with you, to go back to that at home against a good team, because yeah, it's, it's a bit more solid, isn't it, with the three in there, and, and Grant's been doing very well in there, so he's not going to get dropped. I think it was a choice of whether he... he you know, brought back in Doherty or Lawrence, and uh, Lawrence obviously had a good week, hasn't he? I believe that he did quite well in the. We should mention between these two games, we had a reserve game, didn't we, at the Meadow, a cup game of some kind. I think it was the Northern Floodlit Reserve Cup thing or whatever the hell it is. But um, apparently, Lawrence played in that and had a good game. So maybe he'd done enough in that game to sort of, you know, make the manager have a look. And um, yeah, he was worth his start, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess it's, I guess it's, he has to reward players for their kind of work. And obviously, we're not winning games, so um, you know, players are going to kind of fight their way in and it was one of his bit of a theme in the week wasn't it that players are fighting to try and get into um, into the starting lineup and I guess he was an example of that of that narrative yeah yeah the only one obviously but he keeps saying he's got a lot of people knocking on his door so um yeah I suspect that'll keep on up all season because we've got obviously a big squad but um half of them are not going to get a look in are they I mean someone someone said that it's like you know we've got Doug Loft haven't we still at the club and you know will he play I don't know football? the lad from Chelsea Arthur Ganua yeah there's loads of players from God knows the joke going around is no one no one ever remembers to clear out the loft. So there we go. I thought that was quite That's good. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, so uh, on, on the light of that joke, Glenn, let's focus on the football. Um, so let's it's fair to say that Stanley started absolutely brilliantly. Uh, yeah. And absolutely kind of just passed us off the park. Uh, and they created four amazing chances. Um, so Clark had a couple of um, efforts from range, and they had a really good effort as well, didn't they? With a dummer from a corner, which we haven't yeah, seen for nice a while. Move. That was a nice move, yeah. and they were they were unfortunate not to potentially score there. So that was that was funny. Oh, they looked like a team chasing at the top of the league, didn't they? Much better than Walsall had been. Um, in all honesty, from watching the two games, they they ripped us apart. To be honest with you, I couldn't really understand what was happening. You know, Grant was still sitting as the shield. I think if anything, in that period, Lauren and Norburn were were too far up. They they needed to sit a bit deep as well when they were coming at us and I can understand why because in the paper um, it felt like Askey was saying this week we want to attack them we're going to attack them from the off I actually felt that even though Laurent and Norburn were staying quite up we didn't really attack them in that first sort of period up to the red card um, and it, it felt a little bit hollow what Askey had been saying but they played well you know Clark did really well for Accrington Billy Key for them is, is a really good target man it does show you don't need to have a target man if you're playing one up front who has to be a big tall bloke do you know what I mean Billy Key's not he's a bit of a chubby not like shortish bloke, isn't he? And he, yeah. he plays that role really, really well. He sticks his bum out in the defenders. Bit of, bit know, of a uh, and... league one Suarez. Yeah, exactly. A bit more like a Grant Holt, really. And um, yeah, I thought he was really good. And and the the guys who were sort of supporting from the wing were, were quite good for them. And it, it you know it did feel like they were going to score. It was coming. Um, we were either going to have to ride out this storm and seriously improve or we were going to get beat and, and that's what that first 10 minute period felt like and you know we've had a few 10 minute periods like that at the start of games this season haven't we where we've, we've really started slowly and it was just another one of those I think 
No, I'd give full credit to Stanley. Oh yeah, they were good as yeah, well, but yeah. we just weren't up. To, we weren't on it at all. No, we weren't on it. Um, but it didn't take too long for them to give us an opportunity to come into the game. Yeah, I, I put, I put uh, straight away on Twitter. I put it's a lifeline for Askey, and and that comes across, I think, as maybe a little bit harsh. But in all honesty, considering the situation he was in with with the lack of wins and the needing to win this game, it, it was a big lifeline for not just Askey but for the whole for the whole team to to get a result, wasn't it? It was a massive lifeline, massive lifeline, and an opportunity to try and get a result. Again, put more pressure on, because obviously then you're expected to win. Um, for those exiles who weren't at the game, so what happened? So there's a ball over the top, um, but that potentially gives you the impression that um, Angle was free, but he wasn't. He was being tracked by defenders, um, two yeah. of them actually. And then the goalkeeper comes running out and does a Kung Fu style kick. I'm sure everyone's seen the picture online. Um, and... Yeah, it was um, the kind of obviously the referee blew his whistle. Um, then the referee kind of backtracked over to linesman, and there was all that normal kerfuffle and took ages. Uh, in. Yeah, every, it took ages and every, all the pressure. And obviously, I was in the south stand, so that was interesting. Obviously, I was quite close to this. Mm. For me, at the time, I thought it was dangerous play, um, and I thought he would be off. For me, it reminded me of that nanny. Um, game for Man United when he got sent off for a high boot and when he never yeah. even saw the player and for me that's always stuck in my mind that you can get sent off for dangerous play yeah a bit like Mane against Man City last year yeah. when he kicked yeah. Edison in the face yeah, yeah. exactly so um, but apparently um, so this has been confirmed by a few different kind of sources but including the um, the manager of um, Stanley Coleman he said that um, the linesman said it was um, you know a goal scoring opportunity and I guess it was yeah. a goal scorer an opportunity, but anyway, he was sent off. Um, yeah. And I guess the two questions for you, going like, kind of, was it in the box? And do you think it was a red? Well, this is where it shows us being in different positions once, because you were obviously looking at it probably straight away, looking for the red card. We were just all screaming for a penalty. It looked like it was, a, you know, a foul. So you know, whether it was a red or a yellow, you've obviously got the double jeopardy rule for goalkeepers now. But if it's violent conduct, he still could have got a straight red card. Um, but I was screaming for the penalty. But obviously, we were sort of too far away to see where it was, and it was a pe- it was a red card for me, having seen the replay. And the, and the photos of where he catches him you can't go kicking someone in the upper chest can you it's just not on is it and um yeah and i can also see what wasn't a penalty it was just outside wasn't it unfortunately yeah it was yeah for me it was outside the box and it was a clear pen i'd still put it for dangerous play rather than a goal scoring opportunity mm, um, and yeah, it was yeah. definitely off and a typical town of this is this kind of vintage we didn't really t- we had quite a poor remainder of the first half i'd say i don't know if you would disagree with that Glenn overall I would I could yeah. see sort of anger and, and frustration building around us after about five minutes into the game because Askey didn't change it tactically he didn't bring anyone on to take advantage of playing 10 men we just stuck with what we had we tried to break them down the same way we would have broke down 11 men in all honesty and for, for all the sort of half chances we created um, there was balls across the box wasn't there where Angle put a really good one there but no one could turn it home and then straight away Accrington got the ball and broke free on free and it was like what the hell's going on here and so even even defensively we stood firm and we, we, we did well well, but there were moments where even with 10 men I, I think I put again on, on my Twitter account that I thought there were a few too many times that Accrington attacked us with just 10 men we yeah. should have maybe controlled them a little bit better but um, yeah I think the rest of the first half to me symptomised the problems we've got in terms of c- converting possession into, into goal scoring chances and goal scoring chances into goals that's the fundamental issue we've got as a football team because you take you take a st- step back now and you look at our defensive record regardless of whether everyone thinks a waterfall it's pretty exceptional when you look at the league now you know clean sheets it's right up there goals are conceded we're right up there <laughs> just goal goal scoring it's just not the other, it's just not good so yeah, yeah that's, that's why I was the whole at, thing really yeah I was quite keen to kind of note that there was you know many clean sheets um, you know we've had this season so now as the games go on obviously we've had another two games without conceding a goal. Uh, so two clean sheets in a row and scoring goals is, is frustrating and to kind of a good way of maybe summarising the first half there was, obviously, there was a lot of discussion as the normal is on Twitter um, and everyone was saying the same thing everyone was kind of tweeting at the same time you know their view of the, what they would do and everyone was saying the same thing that the middle was congested Wally and Gilead were, were kind of fluid and just being in the box and we just kept going down a cul-de-sac into the middle of the park all the time. And oh, yeah. for me, the play wasn't fast enough. And again, the thing that for me just seems to sum up this season um, is shooting from long range again. Um, you know, there was no kind of like passes and moves and trying to stretch and trying to create an overload. Um, it's hard to make an overload when, when you've got no one wide. So Gilead and Wally, or even the fullbacks, you'd hope for some width. But there was no width. It was so narrow. So we made they, it. They it made life easy. The time. Yeah. Right, yeah. We made life easy for Stanley, which was very frustrating, wasn't it, really? We did. We played into their hands with ten. To be honest, we, if, if, let's say if we'd have maybe just forced the, forced the issue a little bit with maybe a tactical change, which as was proved later on in the game, seemed to pay dividends straight away. In all 
honesty. Um, but, you know, Askey's not going to maybe take that risk at this point in time against Tenney. He wanted to see how it developed. Fair enough. But, yeah, the wingers frustrated me. They, they you know, and especially the first half in that period. They were much better in the second half, actually, because they stayed out wider. But they kept cutting in all the time again. And it just it's so frustrating to watch. And if we're going to talk about wingers, and Wally's play when he was attacking paper in the second half was really good again. But, man, we talked about it last week, but he's no, no one's learnt the lesson about his set pieces because we must be upwards of 25 to 30 corners now where we he's taken a corner and we haven't even created a reasonable goal-scoring chance from it. And if you, took, if you put free kicks on top of that, it must be up towards 50 because... We're just we're not creating anything from these set pieces. No, it was it was very very frustrating first half overall, wasn't it? Mm, it was. And yeah, I think. But the thing again, just to one kind of comment um, on the first half of it, is that why can Askey change the game during the game? You know, during the half. Why 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 was there no attempt? Was it just a? I can maybe in some ways give him some credit for being patient, but why weren't we trying to change um, the fortunes during the half? It would have sent a message out to them because there were long periods where there just didn't seem that urgency that we needed and a, and a substitution just to shake it up a bit would have given the rest of the players a bit of urgency and I, yeah, I, I put after about five minutes we should change it now. Let's just, he's been talking all week about attacking teams, right? He's, he was presented with the perfect opportunity to show his attacking intent and it and it didn't happen in that period and it did in the second half and it was good to see it eventually and it probably is the thing that won us the game so you must give him credit for that but you know, as for me as a fan, I wanted to see us just go for it, and I would have just, as much as I hate it, I would have took Grant off and put another slightly more attacking midfield player in there and trusted the defence to play well. Having said that, you know, we just talked about how well Accrington did against us with ten men. If we'd have took Grant off, do you think we would have probably looked worse and conceded sooner? I don't know. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, it is tricky. Um, it is tricky. Um, before we get on to Grant, um, the start of the second half, there was a, a super kind of a, a counter attack by Town. Yeah, um, starting by Wally in the right back area where he where he won the ball back himself. Um, he does a good run and passes to Lauren, who does a lung busting run forward. Gilliard gets the ball and he cuts in and he shoots at the defender. I can't say he shot at the goal because he shot at the defender. And there was another defender behind him and then the goalkeeper. And for me, yeah. this just it's just getting really really frustrating because during the Walsall game and the game um, against Stanley. It's like the players are basically kind of being instructed to shoot and almost how many shots they're having is being counted. Mm. Because the... I'm just so struggling for the words. It was it's, frustrating. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid, isn't it? Why, you know, you don't... When you're playing five-a-side football or whatever, when, when you know, when you when you were playing football uh, at the lowest level of ever, you know, Sunday League football, you know, if you shoot at a man, you're not going to score, are you? It's no, just odd. No. It is frustrating, isn't it? To be fair, and and, and yeah, I think they, someone, you know, I think I think I saw we often mention him on the um, the podcast, Andy Davis, who used to play professional football. But I remember reading him at half time saying, "Shooting practice, this team definitely needs shooting practice." Um, and it's not just about you know, let's knock a ball to you twenty five yards out and you shoot at a goalkeeper. But we need to, and they must do this in training. But set up with like a defensive unit that you've got to try and shoot between and find that gap or you know get yourself in a position where you, you, you are setting someone else up to, to shoot in a good position it, it is it is harsh to say but even against 10 men we just, we're just we just not clinical enough and we, we certainly weren't producing the goods so it was interesting when it got to half time Ollie it was muted applause that's as best, yeah. best I could say about it there weren't any boos to be fair No, I don't I didn't hear anyone boo around me but it was definitely no it wasn't like, boos it was a bit of kind of boredom ain't, almost ain't, this ain't this still ain't good enough at the moment in time. Um, but it did also feel Ollie, and I was everyone saying to me, "Oh God, it's nil nil. It might stay nil." I was like, "Nah, you know, we win this." You know, I think eventually I thought we'd find a way through, um, and we did anyway. But it was interesting. Another one that sort of point about the first half really that frustrated me was defending their corner. So when they did break, you know, there was an amazing run by Jordan Clark in the in the first half. Yeah. Where he sort of went from halfway line and sort of got up one against one against Sadler and Sadler did really well actually just to force him wide and, and force shot Clark to I think sort of deflect it wide for a corner. But I think they had three or four corners in the first half. And for all of them against ten men we put all 11 men in the box. We didn't leave one on the halfway line. We didn't leave one halfway between the box and the halfway line. You know, we we were just not ready for the counter like we usually were. And I, I, again, that's a tactic thing. That's a manager thing. And I just, you know, against 10 men, you'd have hoped you'd have just said to someone, right, let's get one out of there now and make sure that we've got someone there to aim at on the counters. Because I could see a lot of people getting frustrated about our defending corners. It was so defensively negative. Yeah, it was, it was just, again, frustrating. Very frustrating. Mm. Um, but that was the worst. It got better second half. Ollie. It did get better second half. So, so unfortunately, I, yeah, in that kind of summary, um, I went off onto a, a second half kind of summary. Um, 
Um, so yeah, that was the kind of the the Gilead shot at the, at the defender. Um, and then um, then it didn't take too long, did it? For then Grant went off injured, which is a bit of concern. So hopefully he's all right. Um, but then did it, that kind of forced the hand. Um, he didn't make a light for light change, and he brought Fay on, much to the amusement of the crowd. Yeah, it was ironic applause, wasn't it? Which I can't imagine he was overly pleased to hear. But you know, fans over my side in Block 19, I don't know about where you had been chanting for Fay for about oh no, I hadn't, four I or five minutes. That. I didn't yeah, hear there that. was long extended chants from Block 19 calling for Fay. So I think that added to the sense of the ironic applause where we were, sort of thing. But yeah, it was um, it was interesting because people wanted to see him for a while, um, and he came on and, and sort of got busy and got involved in he and couldn't say he looked any worse than Gilead as in most of these games recently. But uh, um, yeah, I thought it was good to see him get a game finally. Yeah, no, it was good to see him come on and yeah, there's a lot of debate and I. Sometimes I can't help myself but get involved. Um, yeah, we didn't play four four two. I mean, he was playing in that ton of ten kind of free roll, wasn't he? He was playing behind angle in the space, um, kind of moving left, right, and all over the place. Um, but it was good to see. And is that you know we talked about Bristol Rovers where we wanted to come in and do this. And for me, is that kind of perfect? You know, when you're trying to win a game and try and take advantage of that space because we don't have a, a Nolan esque midfielder, so there is a lot of space in that area. And um, Laurent does his best to try and get there, but it's not his natural game. I think he's more of a box-to-box man for me um he did well and yeah he just kind of unsettled them a bit doesn't he in that area yeah he keeps them occupied that's that's for sure to be to be honest with you and, and as I say he was he was good across the whole game but he certainly stood out much much more than a few of the other players in the in the second half particularly and um yeah it was good to see to be honest with you because he's been waiting for his chance and he definitely took it with both hands but I, I need to talk about the two best things that happened in the second half well start of the second half one was um obviously Anthony Grant went off he just talked about it but before he did did you see what boots he was playing in um, no, I didn't. I heard something about ah, what was he wearing. So then? we've been very positive about his black and white preds, haven't we? And he came out after half time, and they weren't on. And he was wearing the most garish pair of pink boots I've ever seen. I was like, "What's?" And I think that's. What I didn't notice. I wasn't checking his boots out. Yeah, you got to keep on top of these things. And he obviously got injured, didn't he? And went off. I think he's like Samson. You take his preds off him, and he's he's like more susceptible to injury. So there we go. We got. Hope he keeps wearing his black and white preds. That was very good. And also about about ten fifteen minutes into the half, did you see Waterfall trundle forward and have a shot from thirty yards? That was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, another thirty yarder. <laughs> yeah, but it was waterfall, so it was not connected with it the best, was it? In all honesty, no. but um, yeah. So we just talked then about the changes, and obviously we changed the the, the role, didn't we? So we went. You put here it was four four one one. You think that was a fair description of it? Yeah, that's how I'd, I'd describe it. Um, it. Or you could say it was a, a four two three one. Um, but yeah, I'd say the wingers were still tracking back um, when required. So yeah, I'd kind of go for that 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 kind of number. I I think that's what change the game for us personally is that going to that tactic forced the two wingers to stay much wider didn't it they they, they stayed out there the whole time oh, yeah. cutting in and it, and it just opened up the space for us it opened up a lot more crosses to, to be doing things well then it just it just changed the dynamic of that situation it didn't feel like we were going to break them down where the way we were playing but suddenly from this formation change i think you know give Ashley credit that definitely changed the, the dynamic well, of the you game you give him us. credit glenn um a 10 year old playing football manager would have told you the same <laughs> thing um, and you should have done that earlier on but yes um it did make a big change um to the way the game was going and it did make a positive impact um in the way that we were playing and gave us much more space um which actually led to um Went to the kind of play up to the goal, and because Wally was out wide, um, good tackle by Angle. Wally's out wide, gets the ball from Laurent. Um, the ball then goes out for a throw in as he tried to cross it. Emmanuel did a quick throw, so good, good to see they were all on it. Um, throw to Wally, he crosses from deep, which is interesting because Wally runs backwards to get the throw, which I thought was interesting because obviously then he wants to run at the opposition. He crosses the ball, and Gilead comes running in, um, free header, um, and free header and scores. And in the yeah, the ball's in the back of the net, and a, a good goal, a good, a good work, and obviously, yeah, a good, good, well worked goal by Town. Yeah, and a good, good chance to see Gilead get off the mark um, after a couple of, I would say, ineffective performances. So it's nice to see him contributing something, whether it be an assist or a goal to the team. So that's that's really helpful. Obviously, Wally's got another assist, and it was a, it was a cracking cross to be fair and he, you know when he was out wide he re- he put in three or four good crosses in the second half that were like horrible for defenders and to, to defend against one of them flashed across the box later on um, and he's so much better when he's doing doing that part of the game I know everyone likes him cutting in and scoring his worldies but you know just do the consistent back to basics job that we need to get us out of the hole we're in and we can go back to the flashy stuff after that so yeah and, and that was it it was 1-0 and it, de- it definitely felt like a massive pressure relief around the stadium where I was so yeah we controlled the game um, but we weren't particularly um, you know exciting or we didn't really rip them apart um, which is a little bit frustrating and yeah I guess there was a few other chances but uh, yeah, I had a bit of a debate with Lewis Cox on this I don't think there was too many clear-cut chances 
um, a few decent efforts, but you know, I'd say there were kind of half 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 chances. Yeah, we, we I agree. We controlled the game. I don't doubt that. You know, we had a lot of passes. We had most of the possession. We were sort of, you know, on the halfway line, playing our sort of passes between the edge of their box and the halfway line all the time without you know getting it in there as much as we possibly could have done. Um, and I, and I never felt like that we were going to concede easily. But you did have it at the back of your mind that Accrington could break on us. And to be fair to John Coleman and Accrington, they did keep at it, didn't they? They didn't feel like the game had gone even at one nil down. They they must have smelt that there was a chance to get something out of this game the way we've you know coughed up points at the end of games and they they had a couple of chances late on but nothing too serious but yeah I think the best one of the best chances I remember was Faye had a snapshot from about 10 yards out and blazed it over the bar um that was unlucky and I think if we'd gone 2-0 the floodgates might have opened and we might have got a few more but um yeah control without again the, the total penetration that we probably needed yeah no I totally agree with that agree with that there's a few other chances I'd say probably the best chance of the remaining of the half was Beckles your man Beckles got in the box didn't he yeah, he did well going forward again, didn't he? I thought in terms of the game, especially as the the to be fair to the wing back at uh, the wing backs, they acted like wing backs, didn't they? When they went down to ten men in the second half, they really got forward a lot. And again, combining with the wingers, having sort of Emmanuel and Beckles getting up and doing overlaps and stuff, again, it just opened up more of the game. And we just didn't do enough of that in the first half. And we can we can be positive about the second half because we did, but they they really didn't figure that out quick enough in the first half. Um, yeah, and he, and he got in there and uh, yeah, did, did did pretty good, didn't he? But. Um, I wish he'd done that at Warsaw because I think if he'd have done the same thing at Warsaw, he might have scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Next, Glenn, I'm going to go to um, a Wardy Classic. He had oh. a shot with his left foot. So let's <laughs> well, just have yeah. a little bit of silence for that. Oh, dear. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, you had a go about you had a moan about this last week, didn't you, Ollie? And he obviously doesn't listen to you. <laughs> no, he doesn't listen to me, which is probably a good thing. But yeah, he was never going to score on his left foot. And again, it's just for me in both these Warsaw and um, Stanley games, we keep talking about long range efforts all the time. Yeah, and yeah, it, we're not scoring it is, them. It is a theme that you've picked up on, Ollie. That is very true, actually. And I think that you know, it'd be, it'd be nice if we got those detailed stats that opt to do about you know where they where we take shots from on average and stuff. Because I probably consider it it'd probably be about twenty yards at the moment, to be honest with you. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, interesting to see how that goes as the season develops. Whether that is a a specific tactic, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose that was it, really. I, yeah. We've kind of mentioned, haven't we? We we've talked about the fact that. Um, we controlled it. We got the goal. It was a pressure relief. There was big cheers at the end, actually, some big, good fist pumping. But it, it still wasn't a classic performance. And, um, you know, I, let's put it in. I've got two minds on this game. One, we got the win. You give credit for Askey. He had to find a way to win, and he found it, right? But there were circumstances involved against 10 men, which make it, you know, it, it, an easier task. To it puts an asterisk 10. next to the result, doesn't it? it? It does. And so for me, you know, four points this week, we can only look at that in a complete positive. We're moving on now. We're up to, you know, much further up the table than we were. Hopefully that's got the lads' confidence up, Ollie. You know, that's another important thing that I'd like to see. And, um, yeah, I think it's it's a platform to build on, isn't it? And the, the challenge for Asky, again, is to take it, much like the South End win, and show that he can then build on that platform. And, and he's got a tricky run coming up to build on. But we did say last week that it was important to get something at Warsaw or Accrington because these next three games are difficult. And, you know, four points is probably a good turnaround from there. He's got to just avoid going naught from nine now in the next three games. And if he does that, I think we'll be fine, you know, going forward in the short term anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'd say it was a, a good result, but not a good performance. Um, yeah. And just for me, it's it's going to take Askey, and I'm sure he'd admit this himself, he needs to win a few games before kind of, you know, the confidence kind of returns. Hopefully this this result can give the players some confidence. Obviously we did score, we had a clean sheet, so some positives there. But I think it's interesting, obviously, the so this is our view, Glenn, but to kind of give, give a bit of the, maybe we jump to three-word match report here, because yeah, go on, yeah. I did find it quite, so I'll, actually I'll do the match, I'll do them first and I'll do the summary. So so Natalie Bailey said, against 10 men, question mark. So yeah, obviously she wasn't overly enthralled with the performance. Charlie Wilkinson said, um, decent win-ish. Um, Dale Skitt said relieved but frustrating Carl um, said um, we needed that um, and Sam Roberts we just won so yeah. for me there's obviously some yeah positive fans out there I'd have to say though the overwhelming comments were either sarcastic or yeah frustrated or yeah not overly enthralled with what they'd seen um, mm. and I think that's a fair summary you know we got the points we didn't overly impress but I think it's something to build on and if the if asking manages to build on this then we'll look back at this game as a, as a positive it could be this this game could be a bit of an island um, if yeah. we if we go back to you know not winning again 
Yeah, he's been looking for a turning point, hasn't he? So you're right, it's either the turning point for for things to improve now and for us to actually look at this season with a bit more jubilation and positivity, or you're right, it's just another blip in a, in what might be a, a generally poor season. But we've got all that to come, haven't we? But we, we complained at the start of the season about playing really well and not getting results and not getting over the line. Um, in this game, you, you were right, there was an asterisk, but we didn't play all that well in some periods of the game and we got the points. So we can't really be too problematic about that, can we? Because we've been saying for weeks, results, results, results. Four points, one draw, one win. That's some results, isn't it? So let's just, I think it's just happy for us to take that viewpoint this week and take a step back from there. And I'm sure the analysis of, of where we're going the rest of the season will be defined by maybe the next three or four games again. And um, I think that's probably about as far as I want to go on, on the overall view at the moment. But um, yeah, there we go. Um, do you think if it had been 11 men the whole game, we'd have lost that game? Yes. Yeah, I do Definitely. as well. So there we go. That is the end of the positivity. Yeah, they did. I just think that yeah, it would we would have struggled to get to grips with it. And I think Askey, the only thing he could have done to not not about opposite of this game would have been to make some tactical change or something early on. But yeah, there we go. I think I think most people would probably agree with that. Um, yeah, because they did look good, good. And we'll just talk about them. You know, I thought they they were pretty good in that first ten minutes. And even with ten, they tried really hard. And they had the thing I said about it was they looked like they had that. Paul Hurst type work ethic that we had last year do you know what I mean where they all work for each other they knew their roles they were a very settled team um, and even with 10 they all they all knew those roles and they didn't really step out of them and um, you know I think they'll probably think they were consider themselves unlucky to lose and, and I saw John Coleman's comments afterwards some of them were a bit crazy to be honest with you yeah, I was talking about yeah come on to those. how he wishes yeah oh we've got them okay that's fine but um, yeah overall I thought they were pretty good and Jordan Clark was probably one of their better players. I actually thought that Billy Key was their best player. I think he's a really good striker in these in this level, and he would walk into our team. Yeah, for me, I think um, Stanley are immense, absolutely yeah, immense. Okay. I absolutely love them. I love the way that they play their football. Yeah, there is that kind of. I, I can see where you make that link back to the town of last year with their pressing. I think going forward, they're a lot more attractive, and their some of their passing and movement is fantastic. And they're clearly a team that have been together for a while. I absolutely love their style of yeah passing and movement. Um, and it's funny because they've got like yeah their, their number eight in the middle's got a little bit of a belly on him um, and none he of none, yeah none of them are like but short and stocky wasn't he um, they haven't yeah, got anyone over six foot but yeah for me Clark was just immense his touch and control was fantastic good passing brilliant dribbling no end product in this game um, but he has had in other games and Lee as you said was fantastic as well um, and their number eleven um, was brilliant as well and yeah I just thought they were a really really um, tidy team and there's no surprise that going into this game they were fifth. Well, John Clark's gone on a lot since he played for us because yeah. he was a bit of an in and out wishy washy player, wasn't he? And um, he had talent, clearly... but we couldn't really find a place for him. But he seems to. No. Have, I think in their kind of drifting, fluid style, he can kind of go from where he wants, starting on the right flank, yeah. which works perfectly no. for him. But there's something. Right. I think it's a good example, isn't it? There is something in a player finding the right club and the right manager. Definitely is. So yeah, we're hopefully starting to see that some of our players who've come in are maybe starting to find their feet and this can be the right club for them. So that's what we've got to hope, hasn't it? But top three, Ollie, in terms of new players who've come in, um, Laurent, I gave him man of the match. I thought he was exceptional start to finish. He was decent in the first half, even though we weren't doing too well. And in the second half, he was one of the real driving forces, wasn't he? So yeah, I gave him man of the match. I gave Wally second place just because when he did finally ping himself out on the wing he was basically his unplayable self again um, and there was one moment in the second half where he took a ball and his first touch was to knock it past yeah, him yeah that was went. immense it was fantastic that's the wall we love like that's the wall that yeah. we can just can't stop praising I, I hope it doesn't come across in here that we're constantly negative no, no, about no. Him, particularly me because I think he is a devastatingly good winger for this level when he just sticks at it and wants to be a winger the whole time and doesn't want to try and come and do the showboaty stuff that he sometimes and shoot is good enough to do peg. but just not, not consistently like he can with beating a player and putting a ball in and I think that that offers us way more if he does that um, and I, I, went for, I went for Grant for three because I just think he's immense and I thought his shield was, was perfect and um, we didn't really need him in the second half but I just I just like Grant yeah no that's <laughs> cool um, yeah for me I went um, Laurent first as well I thought he was excellent um, um, Worley um, went second again for his yeah. contribution and his, his, his ball was fantastic and um, in the kind of the honour of the Sovereign Club who seemed to just go for whoever scored a goal as man of the match I went for Jerry yeah, Ed third that. because he because um, he because he did score I mean, he didn't really do anything else but yeah I thought that was just no, a, cheek, a cheeky little um, cheeky little line there yeah I mean Ollie, uh, um, Ollie um, Lewis Cox in his, his vote went for only um, Wally and Gilead for the yeah. top two I thought I Lauren baffling. was boss the game he was excellent yeah and I wouldn't have had Gilead anywhere near the top two if, I, if you ask me but there we go. So, yeah, we didn't really talk about John Askey's comments after the, um, the Warsaw game, mainly because I was going to listen to them and then the M6 was shut on the way back from Warsaw. I didn't mention this and everyone had to go on a massive diversion Ouch. through Wolverhampton. So I wasn't in the mood for doing diversions and listening to John Askey's post-match press conferences. So, um, yeah, I, he had a bit more of a, a sort of 
he was positive about the fans, wasn't he, after this one this week? Yeah, he was positive. Well, that was after Warsaw. He was positive with the fans. Sorry, yes. Yeah, he was yeah, positive with the fans of Warsaw. Uh, normally, I'm going. And then, um, so, um, <laughs> so, yeah, after this game, he said, I'm happy with the three points. It was hard work, but the three points we badly needed. So, a bit of honesty there. Definitely. Uh, we should have scored more goals. Don't really agree with that, mate. But, uh, yeah, we will take the three points. It's hard when you haven't won. You sometimes lose in lack of... Uh, and that's true. I think there is something, there is that kind of, um, that kind of momentum you get by winning games. Um, we limited them to very few chances, um, which is true. Um, and we've got to start putting the ball in the back of the net, which Don't is obviously the most <laughs> obvious thing ever. But he's right to draw it out. And at least he isn't hiding from it. We've just got to take our chances. We've got to do two things for me. Take our chances when they come to us, because we are creating chances, but stop shooting for long range and, and try and get that a bit closer to goal. Yeah, give, get, get Angle more of the chances, because he does work really hard and he gets in the right positions, but he's still living off scraps a lot of the time, to be honest with you. So, you know, we've got a guy that knows where the back of the net is. Let's start feeding him a bit more, um, instead of just trying to pummel him in from long range. Because talk about long range shooting. Norburn is supposed to have a really good long shot. He was getting really annoyed. He had three shots in the game, and he scuffed two of them, and one of them hit a defender. And, and on the third one, in the second half, which he scuffed, he sort of punch the turf in <laughs> yeah, he, was really he knows he's, he knows he's better than that um, and his, his long range shooting was very poor on um, very poor on Saturday unfortunately but I'm sure he's got it in him and we'll hope to see some more of that but, it's just yeah, his confidence it was, thing isn't it the something between their ears yeah. which is not quite working at the moment but then talking of things between their ears I'm not sure what Coleman was thinking about some things he said he was right some things he was a bit mad so he said um, basically the sending off levelled the playing field which I think is fair, fair. I think I have to agree with that when they were breathtaking um, they had um, they had, we had they had, as in we did, Shrewsbury had lots of possession, um, but we didn't really trouble our ki- their keeper, which is true. Um, but then he did go on a few little rants and stuff about how we had seven or eight, chan- um, seven or eight, um, you know, clear um, decisions of the referee get in our favour. Didn't really see yeah. that, and uh, how he no. doesn't think that was a red. He doesn't think it's a red card, Glenn. No. And the worst one I, I saw him say was that he said it was a shame there was a red card. Uh, it sort of changed the dynamic of the game because he wanted the Shrewsbury fans to see a good performance. <laughs> Which is well cheeky. cheeky. So I think he was cheeky just frustrated plug-in. because, you know, they had been on a massive run and they then lost in 10. Um, yeah. And he is a bit of a cheeky character. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But it was definitely a red card. And I'm sure when he's um, back in Stanley um, watching the game back or when he watched it on the, on the coach or whatever, he'll... But I'm sure hope we'd hope that he'd go, yeah, that was a red. A bit crazy if he didn't, to be honest with you, wouldn't it? But yeah, um, yeah there we go. So that, that was the week that was, really. I suppose we'll just spin into predictions now straight away, Ollie, because I should just re- bring it up that I predicted we'd won 1 0 and we won 1 0. So three points for me. You said we'd, uh, you said we'd, we'd lose. lose. I did, cause, and we would have done. Which it might well have been exactly. if they kept 11 on the pitch. So um, yeah, there we go. So I'm, I'm ahead on that now. And um, obviously, we've got a, a busy week again. We keep having these weeks now. We've got two games every week, but. One of them this week is the checker trade game, so I suspect that will be massive changes to rest the team because um, we've just gone through two uh, intense league games back to back. And I have to say, you know, not so much on the first game, but a bit of Warsaw. It looked like the legs came out of us a little bit towards the end. So um, I think we'll see big changes on the Tuesday game in the checker trade trophy, and we won't talk too much about that. And then he did mention that as well that you know now, now we've won, we've got the chance to kind of make some changes. Good, good. And then. Yeah, the week after, sorry, the Saturday come in, we've got Fleetwood away. Which is another big game, um, an interesting Tricky. game. Yeah, they're, they're doing well this season under under Joey Barton. Um, they're having a decent a decent start to the season. They've got five more, more points than us. Um, yep. And they had a cracking result on the weekend where they beat Doncaster 4-0. Uh, before then, they drew, drew with Morecambe at home uh, and they lost at Barnsley at home 3-1. So they seem to be better on the road. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. They seem a bit a bit like Joey, a bit hot-headed in their results. Not necessarily the performance. Yeah. Obviously, haven't seen them play. No, they did all right, didn't they? We were against Sunderland as well. And so, yeah, they've had some good results this season. I mean, it's it's not the, it's not the perfect game you would have wanted. Quite like, it would have been nice to have had two home games back to back now, and maybe you know one against a team sort of down the bottom just to get those two. There wasn't anyone cause... left down the bottom, Glenn. We played well, them, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but it, Askey needs a back to back win at does. some point now, doesn't he? That's we haven't played thing Wimbledon really yet, I guess. So no, so we need to get that off our, our monkey off our back as well. So. Uh, you know, we've got to go there with more confidence than we have done over the last few weeks, I suppose. And, and there's a game plan now to stick to that it, it kind of didn't work in the first half. But I suspect he'll go with the starting lineup that we went with at the start of the last game. Or do you think he'll go with the team that finished the last game? I think he'll go for the team um, that um, won on Saturday that started. Um, started, yeah, I think But obviously, you don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday night. It could be injuries. Um, Grant, yeah, is true. he fit? Um, will he come back into the team? Um, I'm not sure. So yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, there's quite a few things could happen between now and Saturday. 
Um, was it was it announced what Grant's injury was? No, I didn't. That. We'll have to do a bit of research mm, and post worry. that out. We did say on a few pods a few weeks ago, if Grant got injured, we'd be screwed. So we'll yeah, it'd be interesting to see injured. how we got on without it. But hopefully, he'll be back. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a precaution. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happened there. Fingers crossed. Well, okay. In terms of predictions of Fleetwood, then Ollie, what are you going for? I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Mm. I'm going to go for us to lose two-one. I think. Okay. And no, no negativity really based on the last few results. I just think that um, Fleetwood's a tricky place to go to, and traditionally over the last few years we've had a god awful record there. So um, yeah, I'm just going on history really, aren't I? Because I'm still scarred by those those <laughs> all many those trips, trips Fle- many trips to Fleetwood where we threw threw wins away and we just couldn't get the result done. Obviously, I went last year and we won, which was good, but. Um, yeah, it was that season before, really, that scarred me for life for Fleetwood. Um, so there we go. But are you going to... Uh, interesting one, this, Ollie, because um, I'm trying to save some money at the moment, like most people, I suppose, with Christmas coming up. And I've got that dilemma again. Do I make me and the kids schlep all the way up to Fleetwood, pay 40 quid in petrol, plus another 40 quid in tickets to get to the game, probably, plus food, and then drive home? Or do you take the opportunity of the international weekend to watch it on iFollow? Tenor. I'll probably be watching on iFollow. Oh, and I will as well, probably. But it does. It still feels hollow. It still feels like I'm, you know. I know we're criticizing him, but we're paying them. Yeah, I, I know. But it, that's the that's the that's the bloody thing about it. I'd isn't probably it, that... go if it wasn't on iFollow. For me, it's, and it's yeah. it's going to be fascinating when the next AGM is because the EFL seem to be running amok here because um, mm. we skipped over the news because there isn't really any. But I guess the one thing to mention is that um, I love the Accrington Stanley chairman. Follow him on Twitter. Um, he's fantastic because yeah. he's, he's furious that. Um, that uh, you know, at the way it works at the moment, um, the way that the away crowd money is, is in place, he shared. No, I thought I thought that he was talking about the I follow money. Is he? Oh, that, maybe yeah, he's done. So after, yeah, you might have got the wrong end of the stick there. I think it's just the I follow money. So say we don't go to Fleetwood. So if we'd have bought a ticket to go to Fleetwood on ah, Saturday, I get the you percentage, know. percentage of that money would have gone to town. Maybe like that 10% makes of that sense, to cover costs, unfortunately. and the rest of the money would have gone to Fleetwood. To, for, for, for us being away fans there but if you you know have 500 people decide not to go to an away game and watch it on iFollow 80% of that money stays with your club so if you watch iFollow 80% of that money will go to the town and 20% of that money goes to iFollow which is basically the EFL so essentially what, what the, cha- the chairman is saying is if iFollow started to take off and people started missing more away games then the home clubs the smaller home clubs who would have had their bigger away attendances chirped off a little bit essentially are not getting the away gates that they were getting before and for clubs like Accrington possibly not us so much because of the way we run ourselves but Accrington's Wimbledon's the smaller clubs it might yeah. seriously affect well, especially them teams like Sunderland it's a long way to go to Gillingham away or something like that well it's people like Plymouth and Southend and you know the teams that are just out in the arse end of nowhere that are going to probably see the biggest fall off and I don't know if we'll ever see any any sort of numbers or anything for it to find out how many people are actually doing this but I was going to say for me it makes financial sense with Christmas coming up and two kids and, and you know stuff to save for but I still feel a bit hollow about the whole thing so it's, it's very odd to be honest with you and the, the most interesting thing I read this week is that at the end of last year there were only four people working for iFollow the, the actual company of it so the whole operation in terms of streaming it you know organising it doing all of this you know responding to the issues that you had with the streaming there's only four to five staff there you know covering all of that so it just shows you it's such plus a they, they, they outsource get. the customer service to India um, but well there you go then so that didn't cost them anything so they're obviously creaming so much money off the top of iFollow the EFL that it's no wonder they're pushing on it because it must be a massive money maker for them so but, but, but so, it's something that hasn't been voted on yeah something that's been voted on but also I guess this is a great bit of humility for me because it showed that I'm not always right um, <laughs> you did say halfway through that you were exactly. so uh, yeah there you go I've, I've, I've copped you on um, there we go that was worth the discussion really because it, it is interesting and it is going to be interesting to see how that develops and for us as a football club but um, it also offers, offers the opportunity for fans to watch games they might not necessarily have been able to so I can kind of see both sides of it but it's just got to be managed right hasn't it and it's got to work for every club in the football league not just the big clubs so hopefully they do sort that out uh, down the line so there we go we shall, be, we shall be on top of the result anyway whatever happens Ollie. yeah no definitely so yeah, I guess that comes to a bit of an end of a whirlwind podcast um, yeah. covering two games, four points. So not too bad. Um, yeah, I think any kind of you know judgment ASCII's been kicked into the long grass. Um, but yeah, we'll moment, see yeah. what happens. Obviously, we have got Big Mickey Mellon coming back um, Tuesday night, um, and yeah, obviously a, a big game on Saturday. So it'd be interesting to see where we are going when we come back. It will. It'll be interesting when we come back. And I believe that someone was spotted leaving the south stand on Saturday, Ollie, with a with a cabbage ready to throw at John Askey, much like uh, Steve. Yeah, Bruce I saw so some, um, you... some someone talk about that, which is 
not Shrewsbury, and I don't, yeah, that's not, I wouldn't really condone that kind of behaviour. Um, no, nor would I. And I was just saying, for now, I think, because we've got four points this week, let's leave the vegetables at home for a week exactly. or so. But, you know, just save them in case we go three games without a win now. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, um, right, I would just one thing to start to say, Glenn. I was, I was chatting to a lad um, at the game on Saturday, so I was in the South Stand, um, in Say Standing, and I have to say, it was excellent. So I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was interesting being in the South Stand, because I'd never been there before. Um, it's funny because it's um, it's obviously a different kind of setup to the West Stand, and there's so much space underneath the concourse. It's yeah. brilliant. It's really nice under there. I was always a bit skeptical. I don't like watching the game behind the goal, but from say standing, no. um, you're at a really good angle. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, so um, so I was really fortunate to get the chance to go to say standing. So I um, in the crowdfunding, um, I put down to um, yeah go to the opening event, but unfortunately I was on my honeymoon. So um, so Roger from the supporters parliament was kind enough to to show me around. She took me and my brother around to see kind of where right yeah obviously where where we'd done my crowdfunding um, and told us some of the story about it and we went along alongside it and it was absolutely amazing. It was really good to see. Um, the banners look amazing and the whole thing looks really professional. Um, and the atmosphere there was brilliant as well. The town fans in, um, say, standing uh, made a lot of noise all game. Um, so credit to them. Um, so, yep. yeah, it was interesting watching it from the south. I've never been there before. And, yeah, I'd recommend anyone to go into say standing. It was really, really good. Are you going to try it, Glenn? Yeah, I, we, me and the lads where I sit, we've decided that the first FA Cup game we get, we're going to go over there. Or, um, yeah, if we get a chance to do it, we might even move later in the season if the FA Cup game doesn't fall right. So um, we're going to definitely go and try it out. But, uh, you know, you're like everybody else. Everyone I've heard that goes there and in, has enjoyed it and thinks it's a cracking atmosphere and has got nothing but positives to say about it. So it's just, uh, it's finally nice. We did, you know, all these specials, the Salakar specials, looking at the safe standing and what it's going to be like. And, you know, for you to go there and have such a positive experience, you know, kind of vindicates everything that everyone works so hard for, doesn't it? Yeah. No, definitely, and it's yeah, cracking job, and yeah, it's just really Good. something to really proud of, isn't it? So I put I put it on my own Facebook account, and I had loads of people, my friends who are like Villa fans and all sorts of fans to yeah to kind of show it off, and yeah, it was brilliant, and Good. and also I sat ne- I stood next to sat next to that's obviously a, a slip, um, I stood next to a guy a guy called John who's um lives in Shrewsbury. And he's um he's, he's a Wolverhamptons fan, but he lives in Shrewsbury. His missus is in Shrewsbury, and he's moved over here. And he's um, been over. So the last game he went to see was Charlton in the playoffs at home. Yeah. So he's he's obviously a good omen. So yeah, John has to come again because obviously he's our lucky um our lucky mascot. Get him back. Get him back. We're getting back for the next game, Molly. We come to. And we'll, <laughs> we'll continue this win. Continue this winning run that's about to start. But um, yeah, I suppose there we go. It's, it's been a long one, but yeah, thanks for everyone for sticking with it and giving it a listen this week. It's it's been nice to be a bit more positive and um, you know, looking forward with some positivity whilst we're sort of recognising that we're not the finished article yet so um, yeah everyone enjoy a good week and uh, we'll catch you next Sunday cheers guys